0: 1981 was a year of explosive growth for the video game industry as a whole. And for one company in particular, Activision, bringing you the most creative and original home video games. Hello, and welcome to The Corporate Casket, a semi-weekly series where bad businesses go to die. We will discuss any and everything from bad charities, terrible CEOs, and people that have a lot to hide. I'm the Illuminati, and before I even get started today, I'm going to say that this episode is going to be incredibly difficult. We're gonna be talking about the Activision update and what happened. There will be mentions of sexual assault, abuse, death, and someone taking their own life. If any of that is even remotely triggering for you, please click away because this is not the episode for you. For those of you still here, we're obviously going to be talking about Activision. In my previous episode that I did about four or five months ago, I focused on the company themselves and mentioned that they were under investigation for sexual harassment, a hostile work environment, and things of that nature. I said that just because they're being investigated doesn't mean something happened, but that I didn't have much hope. As it unfortunately turns out, the results of that investigation are far more horrific than I think anyone could have predicted. I highly recommend that you take a look at that for some context if you haven't already, but to give you a brief summary of what was said. The founders of Activision Blizzard left decades ago. When Activision had tens of millions in debt, Kodak bought it and brought it back to profitability in the 90s. His goals for the company seemed more profit focused as opposed to being creative, which yes, Activision needed at the time, but these goals have largely remained that way. They've deceived investors, treated their workers with little to no respect, and while not much else was confirmed, it was largely believed that worse things were happening behind the scenes. So we are going to start at the top with CEO Bobby Kotick, get into the work environment and specific examples, where this lawsuit is going, and the fallout that's occurring as a result. As a note, this is all the information I could find as of July 24th, 2021, when the script was written. This is a continually updating matter, so if I'm already behind on the latest when this comes out, my apologies. But given all of that, let's get into this. So, you think you're fast enough to beat the the bomber? I don't think so. Kaboom! Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, has a history of sexual harassment. These stereotypical frat boy environments often come from the top, since if the CEO and bosses are fine with mistreating people, then why would they stop their employees from doing the same? All the way back in 2010, Bobby Kotick was called out for ignoring sexual harassment on his private jet. It was alleged by Cynthia Madvig that back in 2006, one of the pilots of Kotick's jets was pressuring her into being his arm candy. This pilot, a man by the name of Phil Berg, wanted Cynthia as his private escort, insisting she join him at dinner parties and the like. When she refused, he made her clean the plane's toilet while he stood there leering at her and created a generally hostile work environment. Though she told Andrew Gordon, another co-owner of the private jet, it was Kodak who ended up firing her. According to the 2010 source about this matter, what followed was an unusually lengthy legal battle where Kodak and Gordon not only battled Madvig in the courts who accused them of, among other things, sexual harassment, wrongful termination, and failure to prevent sexual harassment, but one of their former law firms as well, following a dispute with Glaser's team over legal fees. Indeed, Kodak and Gordon have ended up paying Glaser's firm more than they paid Madvig. Madvig settled out of court for 200,000 plus 475,000 for legal fees, while a court last year ruled that Kodak and Gordon had significantly underpaid Glaser and awarded her $938,458 plus $479,898 in fees. Kodak and Gordon appealed against that ruling, but last month it was determined that the original decision would be upheld. Although most of the information you'll see today about Kodak and sexual harassment these days is recent, I'd say this was a pretty good early indicator of who he really is. Some sources have also pointed to even far worse behavior from Kodak, and said that he was in Jeffrey Epstein's Little Black Book. Jeffrey Epstein was a notorious pedophile that sex trafficked young girls and had connections among billionaires, celebrities, and politicians. Now, it is absolutely possible that Epstein had Kodak's information simply because he was managing his money. That's how he knew many of these people to begin with. I do have to put that out there because the nature of their relationship has not been confirmed. However, considering what we're about to hear in just a little while, I'd say that I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if it turns out that Kodak knew about Epstein's crimes and either ignored them or even participated in them. Again, we do not know just how close these two were, but it is something that is worth taking note of. According to my source, Epstein's former house manager, Alfredo Rodriguez, called Epstein's little black book the holy grail of unraveling Epstein's sex trafficking network. Rather than turn it into the FBI, though, Rodriguez tried to peddle the book to one of the attorneys launching lawsuits at Epstein. Rodriguez died in prison, taking some of the secrets of this black book with him to the grave. The book is said to contain 349 names in total, Kotick being one of them. It's pretty clear that this is Bobby Kotick as well, despite his name being spelled B-O-B-Y and not B-O-B-B-Y, as the email listed is an Activision email. While we can't know what happened between these two, well, any connection to a sex trafficking pedophile is not a good connection, and I can't blame people that are alarmed by this information coming to light. While all this is important background and context, now let's get into the lawsuit and talk about the recent disturbing behaviors revealed at Activision. Now, before I continue on, I'm going to place today's sponsors right here at this point because what's going forward is gonna be real gross. There's no good point to really put sponsors in, and this episode is clearly gonna be demonetized to hell. So I'm very grateful for the sponsors who are able to work with me on today's episode so that it could even be made. So with that being said, let's thank today's sponsors, and then we're gonna get into the lawsuit when we return. And it's time for me to talk about the advertiser that regularly reminds me that I didn't know how to cook before them, HelloFresh. HelloFresh is simply put a meal delivery service that delivers the ingredients and really easy to read instructions right to your door and allows you to kind of learn how to cook different things that you may not know how to, or in the case like me, not know how to cook at all and kind of teach you the baby steps of cooking. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips with less prep, less effort, and minimal cleanup so that you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in like 30 minutes or less. And you can choose from 50 menu and market menu items every single week from vegetarian meals to craft burgers and extra special gourmet options are also available. So there's something for everyone to enjoy with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. So if you want to get started with HelloFresh, make sure to go to hellofresh.com slash casket14 and use code casket14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Again, go to hellofresh.com slash casket14 and use code casket14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. This episode is also sponsored by the Athena Club. It is dolphin leg summer over here, which means you need a damn good shaver to keep your legs silky smooth. And Athena Club's razors do that. I don't get the little nicks on top of my kneecaps or behind the kneecaps either. I don't know why, like just the general knee area is like hell for me, but I don't have that problem with Athena Club. This amazing little razor kit is only $9. It comes with two blade heads, a magnetic hook for shower storage and your choice of handle color. And I have the super cute little like baby blue one, but they also have a ton of other colors and they even have just black and white for all of you minimalists out there. Plus you never have to worry about running out of refills or being stuck with dull overused razors. You can choose how often you want replacement blades shipped to your house for free. So that means fresh, ready to go dolphin legs when you need them. And they also have some of the dreamiest shave foam that you'll ever, ever, ever touch, ever. And it keeps your skin soft, hydrated, and smooth. And again, helps with no nicks, which again, big deal. So show your skin that you care with the Athena Club razor kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use promo code casket. That's athenaclub.com and use promo code casket for 20% off. The California Department of Fair Employment and Housing brought this lawsuit against Activision after a two-year investigation by the state agency found that the company discriminated against female employees in terms of employment, including compensation, assignment, promotion, and termination. To read what some of the lawsuit states, unlike its customer base of increasingly diverse players, Defendant's workforce is only about 20% women. Its top leadership is also exclusively male and white. Very few women ever reach top roles at the company. The women who do reach higher roles earn less salary, incentive pay and total compensation than their male peers as evidenced in defendants own records. Defendants have also fostered a pervasive frat boy workplace culture that continues to thrive. In the office, women are subjected to cube crawls in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior towards female employees. Male employees proudly come into work hungover, play video games for long periods of time during work while delegating their responsibilities to female employees, engage in banter about their sexual encounters, talk openly about female bodies, and joke about rape. Now, I do have another episode coming up about a company that also engages in this type of frat boy culture called WeWork. It's one thing for employees to turn up hungover and for women to be paid less. That's already bad enough. But some of these claims are almost an insult to even frat boys. The culture just isn't a bro, like we need to game and flirt and do what we want kind of attitude, but at Activision, it became an absolute cesspit. This lawsuit states in no uncertain terms that female employees were subjected to constant sexual harassment, having to fend off sexual comments, being groped at these cube crawls, all from their colleagues, as well as high ranking executives. And HR did less than nothing. They helped foster this work environment as employees' complaints were dismissed and not kept confidential, leading to retaliation for those that complained." page 12 of the lawsuit reads, "'Female employees were also not promoted because of defendants' discriminatory practices against pregnant female employees. A female employee working on one game team had assumed some of the responsibilities of a manager, but when she asked her male supervisor about being fairly paid for the work she was actually doing and being promoted into that position, the manager commented that they could not risk promoting her as she might get pregnant. Women also reported that they were given negative evaluations while on maternity leave. Female employees were kicked out of lactation rooms so employees could use the rooms for meetings, and they were criticized for leaving to pick up their children from daycare while their male counterparts were playing video games. Women of color were treated particularly poorly, micromanaged, and one manager made one of these women write a one-page summary about how she would spend her day off when she requested time off work. No one else was made to do this. Black women in the company were also singled out for their body language and scolded for asking for help. Regulators also accused the company of making hiring decisions based on women's looks, unsurprisingly. The lawsuit also states, Alex Siabi, the former senior creative director of World of Warcraft was permitted to engage in blatant sexual harassment with little to no repercussion. He hit on women and groped them so often that his suite was actually called the Crosby suite after rapist, Bill Crosby. As an aside here, I believe this may have been a misspelling in the lawsuit, as it's Bill Cosby the Rapist, not Bill Crosby, but that's what it says in the lawsuit. Afra Siabi absolutely used his power, calling women derogatory names at company events and having to be pulled off of female employees that he tried to kiss and touch. President of Blizzard, J. Allen Brack, allegedly had multiple conversations about his drinking and the fact that he was too friendly with female employees, but ultimately, he was only given a slap on the wrist. Now, as if all of this isn't horrific enough, it's the paragraph from the lawsuit on page 15 in particular, if you ever do want to go look at the lawsuit yourself, that sticks with me in particular. In a tragic example of the harassment that defendants allowed to fester in their offices, a female employee committed suicide while on a company trip due to a sexual relationship that she had been having with her male supervisor. The male supervisor was found by police to have brought a butt plug and lubricant on this business trip. Another employee confirmed that the deceased female employee may have been suffering from other sexual harassment at work prior to her death. Specifically, at a holiday party before her death, male coworkers were alleged to be passing around a picture of the deceased's vagina. Even after a woman committed suicide, Activision did not rethink how they treat people. It's not as if these women weren't speaking out about everything we just went over either. They were just ignored. Again, in no uncertain terms, this lawsuit calls them out and states, the defendant's actions were willful, malicious, fraudulent, and oppressive, and were committed with the wrongful intent to injure female employees in conscious disregard of their rights. Activision could potentially have to pay a lot of money in relief funds, unpaid wages, and damages once this lawsuit is settled. Frankly, I hope it's enough to make them go under. While I do try to give companies a second chance, unless activism just burns to the ground, fires every executive and starts from scratch, I don't feel like there's much hope at all for the people working there. And those who did partake in this behavior should be more than ashamed of themselves. And some of them should probably face jail time. In addition to the outrage that followed this suit, many have also pointed out the hypocrisy on Activision's part. While this was all happening behind the scenes, Activision was quick to fire anyone that made them look bad, even if it was unjustified. The character Kael'thas in World of Warcraft was played by voice actor Quentin Flynn. From November 2020 onward, a Twitter account called Beware Q Flynn made various accusations against Quentin, claiming that he groomed women, accosted fans for explicit images, and things of that nature. In actuality, the person responsible for this account, Kristen, aka Chrissy Rose, likely created the account out of revenge for their relationship ending. Niche Gamer wrote at the time that, Kristen's motives for all of this was reportedly due to her alleged stalking, harassment, and threats against Flynn. He claims he took out an order of protection against her. Fans had also rallied to Flynn's defense with some digging into the claims further. The matter had allegedly been taken up to court where it was discovered Kristen had set up anonymous accounts on multiple platforms to harass his wife, mother-in-law, and mother. The judge had also ruled the Twitter page be taken down and deemed that Kristen had obsessively stalked Flynn, his family, friends, and colleagues. The Twitter was set to protect possibly around February 3rd. Flynn explains that he had kept silent on the matter for so long under advice of counsel and to keep his family safe. I was shocked and saddened to see the news of my replacement in No More Heroes 3 and World of Warcraft, and I'm sorry for those of you who are disappointed." At the time of writing, the details of the court case do not appear to have been widely publicized outside of Flynn's recent statement. Flynn had voiced Henry Cooldown in the No More Heroes series, now voiced by Mark Allen Stewart, along with Axel in the Kingdom Hearts series, Raiden in the Metal Gear Solid series, and Reno in Final Fantasy VII prior to remake. Even when it became clear that Flynn wasn't guilty of what he was being accused of, Activision didn't apologize and give him his job back, much to the outrage of the WoW community. The only thing I did find that seemed slightly credible against Flynn is that back in 2008, when Lala Cosplay was 17, she approached him as a fan and he gave her a kiss goodbye at the Ontario Convention Anime North. There was video footage of it, though it's since been deleted. As far as I've been able to tell, this accusation from Lala is the only actual credible accusation as the rest have come from the Beware Q Flynn account, the one that his stalker was running. If Activision chose to cancel Quentin for a non-consensual kiss, I would understand that. If it weren't for the fact that this seems like a daily occurrence in their offices and that they largely base their firing of Quentin on things that didn't actually happen. Regardless of how you feel about this voice actor, many have pointed out the absolute hypocrisy in this situation. In addition to sexism, there's also racism, hypocrisy, all that fun stuff at Activision too. An early game article from June of this year pointed out that Activision was in the middle of a mass bandwave wave of players that were accused of racism, misogyny, and other similar behaviors. This would take down more than 350,000 Call of Duty accounts. Yet, as the article puts it, this decision followed something far more sinister. On May 8th, Call of Duty publisher Activision laid off Jeff Leach, the voice actor who played Ghost in Warzone. Their reason? offense and, allegedly, sexist comments that Leach had been deemed to have said on Twitch. Leach apologized, but still remains out of war zone as of writing. Leach not only lost his position, but was a victim of the same kind of vitriolic harassment that he had been accused of in the first place. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying that, if what is alleged is true, Jeff Leach should not be questioned for it, nor am I saying that this is a conversation that we should not be having. What am I saying? The double standard is exhausting. Practice what you preach, Activision. And I couldn't agree more with this article. If Leech made sexist comments on Twitch, absolutely, sure, take them off Warzone, do your thing. But why is it that Activision holds their voice actors to higher standards than their own executives? Personally, and this is just my opinion, I think it's because they're in the public eye more often. The games themselves are what they present to customers and they naturally don't wanna present themselves as the sexist corporation they actually are. But behind closed doors, who the fuck cares, right? Because no one's going to look, until recently at least. The same exact thing happened when back in 2020, Blizzard removed two NPCs named after popular WoW streamer, Swifty, shortly after Swifty's former partner accused him of abuse. The company didn't say the two were related, but many sources and streamers speculate that is the case. Gold, one of the largest WoW streamers out there, gave his opinion on the matter and said that he had reason to believe the accusations against Swifty weren't even true. Yet he was fired on words alone without proof and without being permitted to defend himself. If Swifty did abuse someone, by all means ban him, remove his character. I I don't believe abusers should be rewarded for their behavior. It's just so upsetting that his character was removed before there was even any evidence against him while the proof against their own executives was blatantly ignored. Along this vein, others have called Activision out for claiming to support Black Lives Matter. They silenced Blitzchung during the Hong Kong protests, banning him for speaking up on a human rights issue, but they claim to support the Black Lives Matter movement when it fits their narrative and their wallets. It's nothing but performative. I already talked about this issue briefly in my previous episode about Activision, but I found it worth noting now, once we learned about Activision and how they actually treat black people in their own company. No matter how you think Activision should have acted in these scenarios or any of the other ones we've mentioned so far, the hypocrisy is continuing to make my blood boil. Now, the backlash against Activision has justifiably been massive. Some WoW developers stopped work in solidarity with the women that came forward and dozens of former employees expressed support and in some cases corroborated details. The World of Warcraft team has been going through, quote, a mix of outrage and sorrow and hurt, end quote, said narrative designer, Steve Danuser, who said he wanted to fix the company and he doesn't want to hear corporate bullshit statements. These past few days have made me furious at the company I work for, but I'm so proud of the people I work with, tweeted a user named Burke, who works at Blizzard as an associate producer. Everyone is rallying together, listening, speaking out against the atrocious responses and demanding action. We are here angry and not so easily silenced. Really hope that Blizzard puts out a statement on this situation that I actually agree with and can support and not more legal defense posturing, wrote Kyle Hartline, a server and live ops producer on World of Warcraft because the stuff said so far is unacceptable and doesn't represent me. And I know I'm not alone in feeling that way here. I've heard horror stories, all of which I know are true and shouldn't be dismissed," tweeted Elspeth Larkin, a tool software engineer for World of Warcraft. The fact that Activision Blizzard dismissed it not once but twice is appalling. So where is Activision in all of this? Well, spewing that corporate bullshit that Steve Denuser said he didn't wanna hear, unfortunately. They said that the lawsuit's claims were distorted and in many cases false. The company even added that they were disappointed state regulators didn't work with them to investigate and resolve complaints before resorting to a lawsuit. Now, excuse me for going off script here for just a moment here, right? But um, Activision, someone committed suicide on one of your business trips. That goes beyond fixing. The amount of absolute hell that these women went through and that you claim that you've been putting in a good faith effort to fix things absolutely the fuck not. These women literally went to HR and you ignored them over the course of it looks like a decade or more at this point. Activision can't pretend to care now. You never have cared. They've worn out their chances and now it's time for legal action. And it has been a long time coming, honestly. But let's take a look at their cutesy little legal statement that they had to put out. Here's what they said. We value diversity and strive to foster a workplace that offers inclusivity for everyone, an Activision Blizzard spokesperson said in a statement shared with the Washington Post. There is no place in our company or industry or any industry for sexual misconduct or harassment of any kind. We take every allegation seriously and investigate all claims. In cases related to misconduct, action was taken to address the issue. I believe the women that have spoken up and I believe the state regulators. What's important to recognize here is that the state regulators are not a competitor. I mentioned this in a Twitch stream that I did a couple days ago, which terrible time for a plug, but I do stream on Twitch, the Illuminati. We talk about recent topics like this. I just figured it was important to actually put on the main channel too. But anyway, the point here is if this was coming from a class action lawsuit or maybe Ubisoft or some other gaming company, I would mention that and might even question if the lawsuit and the claims are exaggerated to suit a competitor's narrative but state regulators aren't their competitors. They don't have a vendetta or something to gain by lying about these incredibly specific examples of abuse in the workplace. Activision can say that the stories are old or out of context all they want, but as of right now, they haven't proven that any of these claims are untrue. Activision says out of context, but they aren't providing us with context either, just more lies. Recently, Blizzard President J. Allen Brack sent out an email saying that he hates bro culture and he spent his career fighting against it. He brings up Gloria Steinem, a well-known feminist, and says that she was a revered saint in his household. Yet to me, it simply sounds like he's saying, "'I can't be racist, I have a black friend.'" Brack acts like he can't be sexist because he knew about Gloria Steinem as a kid. So obviously, all of these allegations are false, guys. We were clearly all wrong. Former president and co-founder, Mike Morhaim released a lengthy statement and part of it says, "'I was at Blizzard for 28 years. "'During that time, I tried very hard "'to create an environment that was safe "'and welcoming for people of all genders and backgrounds. "'I knew that it was not perfect, "'but clearly we were far from that goal. "'The fact that so many women were mistreated "'and were not supported means we let them down. "'In addition, we did not succeed "'in making it feel safe for people to tell their truth. It is no consolation that other companies have faced similar challenges. I wanted us to be different, better. Harassment and discrimination exist; They are prevalent in our industry. It is the responsibility of leadership to keep all employees feeling safe, supported, and treated equitably, regardless of gender and background. It is the responsibility of leadership to stamp out toxicity and harassment in any form across all levels of the company. To the Blizzard women who experienced any of these things, I am extremely sorry that I failed you. While this may be the first actual apology I've actually seen Activision Blizzard make, plenty have been quick to call it out. One current Blizzard employee, Josh Allen, calls Morhaime's statement 100% bullshit, alleging the former executive knew what was going on within the company. If I'd known this was happening, I would have stopped it, says the man who told repeatedly that it was happening and did nothing to stop it. I've refrained from giving my own comments on the situation at ActivLiz because frankly, there are more important people you should be listening to right now but that statement from a certain former leader was 100% bullshit and I'm furious about it. He knew, he did nothing." One former female employee also spoke out against Moreham’s statement and produced an email sent to him back in 2018 regarding a male employee who was promoted despite exhibiting egregious bad behavior. She states in the email that men such as this unnamed employee would eventually cost the company money and its good reputation. As long as men in power are behaving in a predatory fashion towards women in the company, it will be impossible for women to truly feel comfortable, valued, or safe. It will be harder and harder for the company to draw in and keep talented women who love games. It also has been especially frustrating when Frances Townsend, a female executive who only recently joined the company in March, dismissed the lawsuit as meritless and irresponsible. She says that Activision has a zero tolerance policy as if that means none of this happened. Murder is a crime, but it still happens. Sexual harassment in the workplace may have a zero tolerance policy for you, Fran, but don't tell the victims of this company that their work environment is safe when that wasn't the experience." It's this denial that has angered some people more than anything else, especially when former employees can recall specific examples where sexual harassment and misconduct is prevalent to who Activision Blizzard is as a whole. One of these former employees has claimed that in 2012, a female employee of his was told by a male coworker during a cube crawl that he didn't like her because she wasn't giving him head. He says HR victimized and blamed her after she was sexually assaulted at a Christmas party too. This wasn't just a few instances of bad behavior, but truly a part of who the company was and who it still seems to be. This has, of course, shaken the gaming community, especially for those within the World of Warcraft, The WoW subreddit, which has over 2.2 million members, has taken a stand against Activision and their behavior. The moderators pinned a post on July 22nd that reads, as moderators of the subreddits for Activision Blizzard's games, we vehemently condemn the sexual harassment and hostile working environment alleged in the recent lawsuit between Activision Blizzard and the state of California. We will not be censoring this topic on our subreddits. We do not serve Activision Blizzard. We are unpaid volunteers with no affiliation to the company. Above all else, we serve our individual communities and we believe this is an important discussion to be had. Having said that, discussion surrounding this topic still needs to adhere to the rules of our subreddits. Victim blaming, sexism, and harassment of others will not be tolerated. We try to keep the discussion consolidated to the existing main thread for convenience and visibility. We stand by the victims of this situation and we hope that this lawsuit is resolved in such a way that justice is met for those who deserve it. We call for these issues to be addressed by Activision Blizzard appropriately and exhaustively. As a group of moderators, we are deeply saddened about these events and the hostile work environment created by them. We strive to make our communities inclusive and safe for all and urge Activision Blizzard to take steps to demonstrate that they are doing the same. Now, I'm thrilled to see the moderators of WoW, Overwatch, Hearthstone, and several other gaming related subreddits take this whole situation seriously. Their statement comes across as more genuine and passionate to me than Activision's own statement did because they are truly hurt by these actions and want them to be made right. Activision, well, maybe if they actually cared, then their statement would reflect that. I wanted to see what other members of the gaming community were saying. After all, it's pretty clear that what I think about it, but for members of WoW or fans of Activision's games, I can only imagine the betrayal that some of them might feel. I started by watching Gold's video from July 22nd. He reiterated that this is the state of California bringing this lawsuit against Activision after a two-year investigation, no less. Quote, this isn't some disgruntled gamer or e-girl. I understand everyone deserves their day in court. They deserve their chance and their right to defend themselves, even though I think this happened. It's been confirmed by a dozen employees, end quote. Asmongold also explains that it isn't just the hypocrisy that's upsetting, but what particularly bothers him is the sanctimoniousness of Activision, their superiority complex. He also explains that while he doesn't drink, the drinking at Activision isn't all that upsetting. Yes, drinking copious amounts of alcohol at work isn't a good thing, but the line is drawn at sexual harassment. One of these things is bad. The other sends you to jail, he states. I really appreciate that he hones in on the sexual harassment at Activision and condemns it in front of his massive audience. And as more people, especially the Activision fans that Gold can reach, should be aware of what's happening. Asmund Gold addresses this briefly in his video, but he too has been accused of negativity. His subreddit is called Capital of the Big Dick Club, and he admits that, yeah, he likes the girls in the video games that have the massive breasts and chainmail bikinis, but it's not the same as harassing people in real life. To draw any sort of comparison is unreal and a massive disrespect to anyone who has suffered the sexual harassment. He doesn't want the game to fail. He doesn't believe that the game developers should quit over hearsay before any of this has been confirmed. But Asmongold, like many others, want to see real consequences for the executives that allowed this behavior to be fostered. Some say he has tolerated inappropriate behavior from his own followers, but I wasn't able to find any concrete examples of this. As far as I can tell, he has called out trolls in the past for harassment, so do with that what you will. Others, like Bellular Gaming, have also discussed that this random, constant, touching really created a consistently awful workplace. Even though this does need to go through the legal proceedings, some of these people were known to be a threat or a problem, and this should have been dealt with long before it hit legal status. This meshes with the antidotes Bellular Gaming said he's heard in the past, especially in regards to the Cosby Room. He also claims that he's seen whisper networks and people warning others in private settings about potential harassers, only for them to publicly support the same individuals they warn others about. Though that's purely anecdotal evidence, it's definitely hypocritical and downright worrying if true. I understand why it may be terrifying to speak out, but if you support these abusers, it only makes it that much harder for their victims to be believed." Aside from gamers in the community and current employees, even more former employees have spoken out. The World of Warcraft moderators have made a massive post with a compilation of former employee statements. Morgan on Twitter states that something to keep in mind is that these suits are only detailing the incidents the state knows about. She claims one high level abuser was quietly shuffled out of the company without a word. I'm sure he wasn't the only one. Another Twitter statement reads, "'I went to HR several times, only after checking with others, men and women. I wasn't crazy or alone in my experience. Often these men had multiple similar reports against them. Every time but one, HR shrugged it off. The one time they didn't was when my lead reported on my behalf. This was also the time HR named me to the man who was aggressively condescending only to me and the one woman he interacted with, leading him to physically cornering me from behind an empty office and visibly upset to ask about my report. Don't blame people who didn't feel safe going to HR and are speaking up now. Don't blame those who did, were ignored or punished and are speaking up again. HR has failed us so many times. It needs just as much of an overhaul as the rest of the industry." A part of me feels as if Activision is irredeemable, but maybe if Kodak, Fran, Brack, and the other higher-ups involved were replaced, then maybe there's hope. But again, I am not holding my breath because I hold zero confidence that any of that will actually happen. But with all of that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new in today's episode, although quite disturbing. And if you did, make sure you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date with anything else that's going on. Thank you all for making it to another episode of The Corporate Casket. I love you all, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.